It's a football podcast with Safed Dean. Look, I think the De- I thought the Denver job was attractive. I guess it's not attractive to you guys. Fine, we'll call it what it is. Tyler Dragon. If Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a job on this cycle, I think I'm gonna riot. I'm gonna riot. And Josina Anderson. I hear it's supposed to be in the single digits weather-wise for this game. So uh, yours truly will not be there. Each week, our USA Today Sports Plus Insiders talk axes, analyze O's, and bring you behind the scenes. Exclusive, entertaining, insightful. Because they know football. But what's it called? It's a football podcast. All right, guys, we made it to the postseason. But that doesn't mean some teams are going through some changes that didn't make it into the playoffs. We, uh, I think a lot of us expected Mike Zimmer to be ousted by the Minnesota Vikings. And I think we expected the same with Matt Nagy and the Bears. But one that all of us did not see coming was the Miami Dolphins firing Brian Flores after three seasons. Um, and especially after two winning seasons the last two years. Uh, you guys know Tyler and Josina. I'm down here in Miami. I've covered the Dolphins the last couple of years. I certainly have a lot to say to this, but I would love to hear your reactions to the firing, um, you know, before I give my insight on it. I 100% disagree with the decision. He went 8-1 and one down the stretch this season. The Dolphins were clearly trending in the right direction. He's obviously one of the best up-and-coming coaches in the NFL. For the Dolphins to fire him like that, I just think it was a panic move. They were trending in the right direction. And he's not going to have a shortage of suitors. I've already heard that the Bears are interested in him and a few other teams that with uh, head coaching vacancies. You know, that's, you know, few and far between a lot of times with minority job candidates getting second chances. So let's hope that, you know, Brian Flores does get a second opportunity. But I just think the Dolphins made the wrong move. And I did hear, Safid, you're going to smile at this. I did hear he was a fan of Justin Herbert going into the draft and then upper management uh, favored Tua. Um, I think Brian Flores was right uh, with his original choice. So that could have had an effect on the Miami Dolphins season as well because you have one quarterback who's starting for the Pro Bowl in the AFC and another quarterback who's barely starting to keep his job. <laughs> so, who's the, I mean, who's the one going to the Pro Bowl? The one that couldn't get to the playoffs last week? It, still, though, <laughs> we know who is the better quarterback yes, out we of do. Uh, those two. I want to hear Safed's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's revisionist history to say Flores wanted Herbert or not. I did know that there were some uh, apprehensions about Tua Tungabailoa with Flores. I mean, I reported back when they first met at the Combine that it was not a great meeting. Um, Tua was kind of taken back by Flores, and um, I think he did not feel welcomed by Flores, I guess, in that meeting. Um, but I, I, I guess overall here, this is uh, – it was obviously a shock. I'm sure Flores was shocked as well. Um, but, look, this is a coach who did really well on the field, 24 and 25 in three years, two winning seasons the last two years. And surprisingly, the Dolphins, after – Two straight winning seasons. They didn't make the playoffs in both years. Uh, both years where another team was included in the postseason at that. 
Um, the Dolphins have so many issues offensively. You can say it's the tour the Herbert tour over Herbert is definitely a huge issue for that franchise. You can also say they didn't do enough to surround um, whichever quarterback they would have had, you know, Herbert included, um, with enough weapons outside of Jalen Waddle, with enough uh, an offensive line to really keep anything at bay or an establish a running game here. Brian Flores had three sets of offensive coordinators, four different offensive line coaches in three seasons. Um, and I don't know if Dolphins fans would have endured another year of the same offensive coaching staff uh, with this team and the potential that it has. So um, I definitely think Brian Flores is going to get another job. I definitely hope for his sake that he uh, finds some offensive coaches to help him out um, better than the ones that he had in Miami. Um, and also, you know, there's some things that happen behind the scenes that, you know, at the end of this year, look, I think everybody, you finish eight and one and it looks like you're trending in the right direction. But, you know, if you started eight and one and finished losing seven in a row, it have a different little aspect to it as well. So um, there were some grumblings. There was a lot of bickering back and forth, I guess, between some people inside the organization. Um, Flores is not a hard, you know, he's not an easy guy to work for. He's not an easy guy to work with. He's very, very strong-minded. I think that's what people from the outside really like to see about him. He's hard-nosed, strong-minded, um, can lead your team to some victories, yes. But when you're in the day-to-day, the everyday grind with somebody, and you know if they continue to rub you the wrong way every single day, you kind of do get tired, or, tired of it after a while. So then is he a, a good candidate or not if you're saying he's hard to work with? It depends on who he has, you know, like I think I like how we say how Tua Tungavailoa needs everything around him to be great. He needs to have a good O-line. He has to have a good, you know, receivers. He has to have a good running back to set up the RPO game and offensive coordinators to really build something around him. I think Brian Flores needs the same thing as a coach. He needs a great quarterback. Um, he needs an offensive coach that's going to run an offense for him and allow him to do what he does on defense and be the leader of everybody else. And if he has those things, all those things can work out for him. But he has to have somebody that really understands who he is as a coach, who he is as a person, and realize that it's about work, it's about business. And, you know, we can try to be buddy-buddy and be friends and things like that. But sometimes maybe I don't joke the way you like to joke or, you know, maybe you don't joke at all with somebody. But find other ways to kind of, you know, befriend people and, 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 and um, you know, have people work for you. I think if you, you have a better management skill in that sense, I think these things could go even better for Brian Flores at his next coaching stop. So, yeah, I'm just confused. I mean, I just hear, you know, from people who are down there, I hear mixed things. So I'm, I'm, li- I'm, li- I'm confused. That's why, I'm, that's why I asked to hear your opinion. Yeah. So what are some of the mixed because things that I you're don't hearing? Know, because, no, I'm just saying, because half of the season looks one way, half of the season looks the other way. Yeah. Half the people say this, half the people say that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I, I'm I, really I just listening. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole hard to work with thing, I, I hate when people say that because Bill Belichick, a lot of people think he's hard to hurt, work with. A lot of people think Nick Saban is hard to work with. A lot of people thought Michael Jordan was hard to play with. What do those people have in common? <laughs> they have jewelry. <laughs> so, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about success on the field, on the court, on, on the whatever. And you're there to do a job. So Brian Flores, yes, he had, what, a 24 and 25 record. Overall, he didn't have the success on the field. But the Miami Dolphins were trending in the right direction. And if you're about your business and you handle business on and off the field, which 
Brian Flores, in all accounts, was. I mean, he, as you said, Soppet, he didn't have the best offensive coordinator. That offensive line was in shambles. I don't care if they had Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. I mean, they will be running for their lives behind that offensive line, too. Mm-hmm. The receiving corps wasn't great besides Waddle. So th- they did enough, I guess, for what he had to work with. And I just believe that overall, when you look at the totality of the situation, he at least deserved another year, at least. Yeah, I think he deserved another year, too. I, but I think the the issue that, that Brian Flores would have faced was, does he keep the same offensive coordinators system that he had you know, this season? He fired his first two coordinators after the first two years. And after a round of interviews before the third season, uh, he interviewed a bunch of guys, but at the end of the day, you guys know when offensive coordinators come in, they want to bring in their own running back coach, their own tight end coach, their own quarterback coach, their own line coach, right? And so Brian Flores says, all right, well, these two guys that I just hired as my OCs, they've been with my staff since day one. So do I fire these guys? Is that time for that? Um, and now I'm pretty sure Flores would have liked to see year two of what his offensive coaching staff could have done, but I think year one was enough to see, you know, they're, they're, that they were inadequate as offensive play callers and coordinators. So... Um, could Brian Flores have been fired next year after having the same offense that they had this year? Yeah, sure. Did the Dolphins probably think they needed to get ahead of that altogether? I think that's maybe something that has to do with it too. Right. And so I guess the new prospective uh, interviewer is asking, you know, what's different with the offensive staff you intend to bring now? Yeah, definitely. Look, I think Nick Saban got it right when he left the Dolphins after two years. Every every coach <laughs> after that's come has lasted only three seasons. Every single one from uh, Joe Philbin to uh, to, to uh, Adam Gase to Brian Flores now. So uh, whoever takes his job knows it's a great NFL job. You get to live in beautiful South Florida. you got a defense that's already set. Um, if you have a good defensive coordinator that can keep those pieces all together and put them in right positions like they've been in the last two seasons. The defense really carried this team the last two years. I don't know about saying that the years. defense is already set. You know, the person that was leading it is gone. Yeah, but you're hoping a defensive coordinator knows not to mess it up and just continue to plug and play what's already there. And you're hoping the offense can revive too. So, Also, when you have a young quarterback, a young quarterback's best friend is a good running back. When's the last time the Miami Dolphins had a thousand yard rush? What, 2016? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you need a mm-hmm. good running back. Joe Burrow has a, a thousand yard rusher and Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert has a good mm-hmm. running back and Austin Eckler. So you, you got to help out. Yeah, you have to have a good running back as well when you have a young quarterback behind the center. Um, a list of things, a list of laundry list of things for the Dolphins. And I think, you know, from. Firing a head coach who seemed to have it all together is probably also at the top of that list as well. Enough Dolphins talk. I know. That was the most we had all year. You'll need, Soffit. Was that my year for like the whole 2021 season or for 2022? Is that 2022 right there too? All right. So along with the Dolphins job being open, uh, there was one job I, I forgot to mention as well, the Denver Broncos. So we got the Denver Broncos, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Chicago Bears. As of this recording, we'll see how it all changes when this goes live later on. But, uh, guys, I think Denver is probably the best job on the market right now. It's just the biggest conundrum is they don't have a quarterback. Uh, Denver has a great defense already. They've got a bunch of draft picks in this draft coming up. I think it's the most attractive job um, outside of the other two. But you guys tell me what you think about the Bears, Vikings, and Broncos jobs coming up. 
So it's a toss-up for me between the Broncos and the Bears because, by all accounts, the Bears have a pretty good quarterback up and coming, and Justin Fields as well. Uh, as far as the Broncos, it's funny because I, I was on Denver Radio last week, and a, a lot of them think that they're going to get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. What about and, Deshaun like, Watson? I, and I, I, I get even Deshaun Watson. I, you know, I get the connections and everything, but I don't see either of those quarterbacks going to the Denver Broncos. Um, I think they're they're going to have to go through the draft again. I know it didn't work out with Drew Luck, uh, Locke. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is kind of, you know, a serviceable quarterback, a stopgap quarterback. But yeah. around Denver, like you said, Safa, they do have a really good defense. And their offense, they do have some skill position players. But without a QB in that division with Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, I mean, you have Pro Bowl quarterbacks littered in that division. Um, with the Bears, I think they're almost in the same position, but they don't have skill position players around Justin Fields. I think they need to upgrade their receiver corps um, as well as, you know, maybe get another defensive back in the building too. But I, I do like what the Bears have built you know, kind of around them. And I think they're trending in the right direction because they have an up and coming quarterback. So you have to be able to build around him. So I think that job is going to be interesting too. I would like to see Harbaugh. I know it's a shot in the dark, but Jim Harbaugh leave Michigan to go to Chicago. I, I do like mm. that. And then I also like Eric Bieniemy in Chicago too. I, if Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a job on this cycle, I think I'm going to riot. I'm going to riot. So yeah, Eric Bieniemy yeah. better get a job in <laughs> this coaching cycle. Justina, what do you think about those jobs, particularly Denver? I know you spent a lot of time up there. Um, I don't know that I would call it the most attractive job. Um, so I was just kind of listening to you say that. I'm not sure that I agree. Okay. Um, I also don't know that Bieniemy or Josh McDaniels um, – you know, get a look or a call. This I'm not. I'm not sure. Just kind of based off of where everything is, um, you know, trending so far with where you see the uh, interviews coming in. But uh, we've yet to hear him definitively say, um, you know, what his uh, final final preference would be. And if you're just doing interviews to take it for leverage um, and things like that, or if mm -hmm. you know, really, ultimately, the best place for you to stay is. New England, given the current situation, do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, but for but for Denver, um, I don't know. I just there there the the quarterback situation has just been in such a disarray since Peyton Manning left, and so um, you know, obviously, if a if a free agent comes there, do I like that better as? If I'm a free agent veteran quarterback who wants to go there, do I think that that team is more ready than where I'm at? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Um, now, from a head coaching perspective, um, again, I, I can't bring myself to say that I think it's the most attractive job. I just. So can you say which opening you believe is to be the most attractive job? <clears throat> it's not Denver. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's not Denver. I'm not is saying it, it's a bad it job. I'm just saying I don't think it's the most attractive job. I is mean, it I just Minnesota. Is it Chicago? 
I think, Miami. I think all of those places come before Denver. Oh yeah, I think I think I think I just that. think that they're more ready. You know, they're the the you know some of the pieces are a little bit all together. When I look at the team all together, I think they're just in a place that's more ready. Um, um, and then even when you look at, um, I mean, well, and then when if Houston becomes available, we'll see here in a few. But um, you know, obviously, I wouldn't put that. I wouldn't put that above. Denver, but it just depends on what you're looking for as a head coach, yeah. too. You so know. the things that I looked at mm-hmm. for Denver being attractive was you have some receivers already in place. and Your and camera you, went away, Safi. I'm showing you I'm still here. Are you guys okay? Oh. Okay. Mine is saying your camera's disabled due to a slow internet connection. Video still record. That's what mm-hmm. my... I'm, I'm still showing everybody what that's okay. somebody else's internet. Oh my! I'm on a, a <laughs> I'm on a gig, but I mean a, whatever the thousand one plan is. But go ahead. Uh, you know, I would say the Denver job is attractive because you got some receivers already in place. Um, you know, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, being a couple of them. Um, could you? You know, you have a running back already in place in Javante Williams. Uh, defensively, you got some guys like Bradley Chubb on that unit that are really, really talented. Um, you have a bunch of draft picks coming up in this next draft, so the new coach can come in and get a bunch of players that you really want. No, but I think but the none most of those unattractive draft picks are like it's rare that when you draft. I mean, I'm never as enamored mm. with draft picks as other people. Are. No, of course, yeah, they hold they're a lot more ready. valuable. They're for not their picks. as ready mm-hmm. as people who are mid tier, mid, you know, uh, mid career players yeah. or what have you. So. I mean, to me, I'm always look. I rather look at a player who's on their second contract, unless that player is mm-hmm. really, really special. The most unattractive part about the Denver job is the fact that you got Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in your division, and you got to see those guys twice a year, um, and nice. and also Derek, you know, and also Derek Carr too. So that's probably the most unattractive part about the job. Uh, you you know, we talked about Brian Flores earlier. I love to see Brian Flores see if Deshaun Watson wants to come to Denver. I think they can make it happen in Denver. Or if Houston gets rid of David Cully, but outside of Jared Judy, who are uh, Jared Judy? Who are you are? Who are you excited about? Corlin Sutton's pretty good. Tim Patrick's Ooh. pretty good. Wait. <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. I don't mean it like I didn't hear what you said. I didn't hear what the you receivers, said. The receivers, the receivers, all the players are good. I mean, I I, I didn't I, mean I it. I, that was no disrespect. I didn't hear the name yeah. that you said. What did you say? <laughs> I said Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, all these guys. Uh, Cortland Sutton. That's a good receiver group. They just don't have a quarterback. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not sure there there's a number one receiver out of that bunch. I think they are. There's, there's no all of them are really ball. good number two receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, when I look at their skill position players, I do think you know the running back position is probably the best. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what. At their roster as a whole, they do have a lot of holes. And I don't think if you're a quarterback, you would be doing cartwheels and flips over that receiver unit. They don't have a true number one. Jerry Judy's good. Sutton's good, too. But I think they're better suited as a number two or number three receiver. I don't think, I think, they I think if they had, I think if they had a better receiver. quarterback, you'd see, <laughs> see the receiver talent. But then again, if you look at their receiver corps, it's still probably the worst in the AFC West. I mean, it's either them or Las Vegas. They yeah. don't have a better receiver course than mm-hmm. Kansas City. <clears throat> Neither they don't have a better receiver corps than uh, the Chargers. So yeah. it, I mean, 
<laughs> I love how this all boiled down to the receiver position. Okay. <laughs> Look, I think that I thought the Denver job was attractive. I guess it's not attractive to you guys. Fine. No, we'll call I it what did, it is. No, it's not that it's unattractive. Any, you know, most of the time, any chance to get an opportunity when there are only 32 slots to be had is, you know, an opportunity that you don't want to shirk your, uh, you know, knows that or what have you. However, you know, we're just talking about it when it comes to most attractive or, you know, or versus least attractive or things like that. Um, you know, and it's just they, they have struggled to regain their blue chip status since uh, going to the Super Bowl in 2015. Mm-hmm. I'm still weak. She said who? When you said son? Who? <laughs> I didn't hear Ooh. that. That wasn't. I didn't hear the name. That was a Cortland. That was gonna no be listening to this podcast. So somebody gonna hear, hear what he said originally. I'm gonna at them so they could they could know I was defending Ooh. them. <laughs> that was not what I intended. That was I did not hear. But but not but nonetheless, the point still stands in Ooh. terms of uh, you know when we're when oh, we're rating and ranking these jobs. Uh, guys, we already talked about some of the coaches in the league that got the can, but I want to ask you guys, who are some of the coaches of the year? I think we got some really good candidates here. Um, I think Zach Taylor with the Bengals is a good candidate. Mike Vrabel getting the number one seed with the Tennessee Titans is a good candidate. Um, interim coach Rick, how do I say his last name? I always forget to say his last name. Rick, so, so help me out, guys. Nobody's helping me out with the Raiders right now. Oh, Basaccia? Basaccia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you, Rick Basaccia. Uh, Who else uh, could get some consideration for the the, uh, coach of the year? I would have said your boy Cliff Kingsbury, Tyler, but uh, you know how that worked out. for. Why does it have uh, to be my boy? <laughs> and even even uh, LaFleur in Green Bay. Uh, guys, who are, who are some of your thoughts on, on, on who should be uh, the NFL coach of the year after the regular season? Uh, I mean, I think people who really deserve strong consideration uh, include John Harbaugh. Rich Basaccia deserves some consideration. Um, I'm trying to think of who else I think would eclipse them. Um, uh, Mike Tomlin, you know, you could give him, you could potentially make a case for Mike Tomlin. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in the playoffs that uh, you would give coach of the year to. I know it's kind of tough because, you know, do you give a guy like, you know, Andy Reid or or Sean McDermott who won, you know, recently, or, you know, even Bill Belichick, uh, Bruce Arians, or even Mike McCarthy. Do you give these guys, you know, consideration like that? I Sha- think Sha- of Sha- all the people that you mentioned, maybe Sean McDermott and Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. You could even say Nick Sirianni for again. The, Just name the, the whole the NFL. Uh, co- all, every <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, NFL. I'm Just trying to give Josina some yeah. options. I'm yeah, I mean, I think when you're talking here. about coach of the year, you know, mm-hmm. I can't give that to Nick Sirianni. Um, I just no. the coach of the year, you know, good, good coaching job, but coach of the year. I can't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think th- this year I found to be more impressive what some of the coaches did who went through some really hard adversity. That's why those names came to me first. Mm hmm. Sean Payton and Mike Tomlin, the guys. 
you know, who- you know, Peyton, Mike Tomlin, even though they didn't make the playoffs, I just thought, you know, they did a heck of a job to be so competitive in really crazy circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I just think that in and it just depends on how you're measuring what you find, what you find to be. If we're, if we're going off of the coach who had to go through the craziest circumstances, it's a no brainer. It should be Rich Passaccia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you had a, a player uh, commit a DUI. I mean, that's not a laughing matter. It's a tragedy. Had you are a manslaughter. Co- yeah, a, a coach um, resign over racist emails. Another player uh, brandish a gun and threaten to kill somebody. I mean, the Raiders have gone through so much, and he still got this team to go into the playoffs. I mean, yes, I get his six and five record as a head coach, but. The Raiders have uh, endured the most this season. If I had to pick a candidate for coach of the year and somebody who should win, I think without question, it should be Mike Vrabel. 12 and 5, number one Uh, in the AFC. They were without Derrick Henry since uh, he got hurt in week eight. And for them to win the number one seed, home field advantage. Uh, that's something to be said for that. I think he is deserving of coach of the year. Number two would be the number one seed in the NFC. I, I think Matt LaFleur, LaFleur does not get enough credit uh, just because he coaches Aaron Rodgers. Because I mean, that's yet, the number one reason. I mean, that's I, number one but he's, won 13, he's won 13 games in 13 every single games, season. Yeah, but 13 yeah. games that he would not have had without the quarterback. But he, he, that's why he can't. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm just saying he he's not coach of the year. That is just that, like a. That's like um. That's not even a advantage. That's not even a huge advantage. That is the mega cum lot, you know, whatever the of, of, of all the advantages. Like see, I mean, they, they say that it's they the ultimate that, spade. They say that with every LeBron James head coach too. I mean, it's not his fault. He has talent. Coaches who win have talent. So I mean, I just say I don't think he should get it, but he definitely mm. is deserving to be in the conversation. My choice yeah. is Mike Vrabel because of what he has been able to do with the Tennessee Titans. Turn around that defense. We know he's a defensive-minded head coach. The mm-hmm. Titans don't have a lot of stars there on defense, but he's uh, upgraded well, that unit. And the I'll, offense I'll push back has, to your mic. you know, kept things afloat without Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I'll push back to your Mike Vrabel just because of the fact that he's made the playoffs each of the last three years. He's set up that infrastructure in place for Tennessee to continue to stay afloat well in dinner when Derrick Henry went down this year. Uh, to me, I think the coach of the year is Zach Taylor. I think, um, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and those guys, they're probably the most hot, the hottest team in the NFL the last couple of weeks. Uh, for them to win the AFC North, and you guys know how much Tyler loves to talk about the AFC North, you beat out the Browns, you you know, you did better than the Steelers and the Ravens, um, and one of the toughest divisions in football. And, you know, you had the third seed for a little bit, but still you're making your first playoff appearance in since 2015. Looking for your first playoff win in the night, you know, since the '90s, we talked about Tyler. So, you know, to me, I think Zach Taylor and the rebuilding job he's done in three seasons—the first time they're going to make the playoffs—that um, would be my pick. But also, I think producer Emily has a pick as well. Oh no, I was just going to say that the Rich Versace pick was—I think that he just should get it on that final play of the season, last play of the season. A coach 
all he could do, he all he could do the was time. the good sportsmanship or the get both teams in. Didn't have to put the effort in, but he was cutthroat. That timeout came, whether it was the timeout or not, or what was going on, the run play. They were clearly set up to run all the way in, run down the clock, and he goes for it. And that's a sign, I think, of a coach that that has a winning mindset and that knows what's most important in his job, which is getting the wins. Mm. He also didn't want to go to Kansas City. <laughs> They've gotten blown out twice by Kansas City twice Coach, this year. I mean, they're you, the you said Brandon? No, Rich Passaccia, the Raiders mm. coach. I mean, if the Raiders would have would have tied that game, they would have uh, traveled to Kansas City. Now, Kansas, the Bengals mm-hmm. are the uh, favorite in that game, too. But mm-hmm. if I'm the Raiders, I'd rather go to Cincinnati and play the Bengals as opposed to I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Rich Passaccia. Um, I He's hear what it. you're saying, Tyler, about uh, the the Titans. Um, you know that I, I I think that that is probably you know you could convince me with that. Um, I'm just trying to think of what would be the argument against that. I mean, the only thing is is that I feel like. Um, the coaches that I mentioned had to deal with so much more. And, you know, if the Rams make that play at the end of the game, you know, the saints are in, I mean, they came, they came, they can't, I mean, that, I mean, they did what they had to do in the last game of the season too. You know what I mean? And, and if for all intents and purposes, the Rams really had no business losing that game based on the way it was. I mean, the defense, I mean, time and time again, just had to come up with one stop in, in the second half and could not do it. Suspect team coming up in, in the playoffs could be the Rams, right? I just they, they Matt, we, we talked about could be the Cardinals. That's another talking about Matthew Stafford. You know, I just yeah. go back to, you know, he, he just constantly reverts. And I just was very surprised to see the balls that were going into the ground in the second half. I just, uh, on short, intermediate, don't really have to put your chest into it throws. I, I just was so astonished to see them arcing downward. He's used to playing in Detroit with the bright lights not on him. It's cold. Nobody's watching. Now he's in the bright lights of Hollywood. And, you know, sometimes the palms get sweaty. Yeah, Palms I think he blinks. Nervous. Yeah, I think he <laughs> blinks, and it really—that's I think—that's a really good point, and I think it just really makes you uh, um, really appreciate the people or athletes or players who really have the ability to lock in when you're in, you know, third and got to have it. You see what I'm saying? That is a, a, on top of the physical trait is the you know the the mental calmness and. And then, uh, you know, really just going back to that game, it was just, um, it was just, I don't know. I just, I, I, you know, to some extent, I thought that they just over, I'm talking about the Rams. I thought that they overthought it, you know, thinking a lot of people are expecting us to go to Cooper Cup, so we're not going to do that, you know. And then don't, tar- OBJ had two targets in the first half, and then you go the entire you know, second half, not targeting him. And then the other three targets he has are, in, you know, on the, on the same series in the last series of the and game. That's a good point. I know we're going to talk about this in a pick segment, but 
the Rams and the Cardinals, they're playing on Monday night. So the mm-hmm. mental component, the bright lights are going to be all on that game. There's no other playoff game going to be Monday night. <laughs> it's just going to be that game. Who's everybody gonna most, is right? going to be watching that game. So Matthew Stafford, I mean, everybody's going to be watching. They, mm-hmm. Bengals fans, Raiders fans, Chiefs fans, everybody. Because there is no other game that day. Monday the night. Good thing, the good thing for <laughs> The good thing for Matt Stafford is, uh, don't worry, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the other side, being doing the same questioning of, on his own. Right, that that is true too. And These are probably that's probably the it. most yeah. that's probably the most suspect matchup in the whole. Right, whole you don't know what's going right? to happen. You don't know what's going <laughs> to. Kyler Murray, though, first playoff game too. It's, it's going to be interesting. All right, so now we have our prediction segment with our intrepid insiders going over the wild card schedule, which is scheduled to start. This Saturday, no less. First up being your Raiders, uh, Rich Bisaccia, uh, doing a great job to get his team even in this situation versus uh, the Bengals, who have made a remarkable, uh, you know, ascension in their third year under uh, Zach Taylor. Obviously also helps when you have Burrow as the quarterback. Um, but who wins this game? Tyler, I'm not sure if the Raiders, with as impressive of a win that Derek Carr and the Raiders have pulled off against Justin Herbert and the Chargers last week to get into the playoffs, I'm not sure if they could do it again against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I think the Bengals are the hottest team in the playoffs. We'll see if that week off either hurts their their progress or you know kind of just keeps it on, on the same level here. But Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are two of the best young receivers right now. Joe Burrow is out to prove something this year, and I'm going to take the Bengals at home over the Raiders. I do like your pick, and the Bengals uh, defeated the Raiders in Las Vegas earlier in the season. Cincinnati hasn't won a playoff game since the 1990 season. Joe Burrow wasn't even born. Michael Jordan hadn't even won a title yet. Wow. (laughs) So – it's been a long time. I saw it. I think you, you and I were both born then. I you, know you, I and I, born. you and I were like two years old. Tyler. Okay. I won't say how old Josina was then, uh, but. Nor will we I, ask. Yeah, nor will, nor we, will ask. we ask. Uh, I do think the Bengals, they are one of the, hot, I'll say one of the hottest teams. I won't say the hottest team. And they just have a better overall roster than the Raiders. I think the Bengals will sweep the Raiders this year, and mm. they will win their first playoff game since the 1990 playoffs. Okay. All right. So we are moving on to the Patriots at the Bills. A very interesting game. I hear it's supposed to be in the single digits weather-wise for this game. So uh, yours truly will not be there um, as a result. <laughs> And so who wins this game? Um, this is just the ultimate, ultimate AFC East matchup. Your, yours truly might have to be there, Josina. So don't rub oh, it in. Oh, sorry. Right? Don't sorry. rub it in. Um, sorry. <laughs> I know you can look, look, this is the third time they'll meet this season. You know, often you don't see division rivals meeting in the playoffs. But, uh, look, the Patriots gave the Bills their number in Buffalo on that Monday night game that we saw that was really, really bad conditions, and they're going to be in for some bad conditions again. Um, I really want to pick the Bills here, Tyler. I really do. I think Buffalo needs to win this game. I think they have the better quarterback. I think they might have the better defense. But I hear a but. Uh-huh. But I'm going to pick the Bills. I'm going to pick the Bills. I'm, I'm going with the Bills. 
Don't get mad at me. Pick, pick the Patriots if you want to get mad. Pick the Patriots then. The we'll Patriots, see. if they're going to win, they're going to run all over Buffalo. And I think that's the way you beat them. Um, but I saw the Patriots play the Dolphins last week. I didn't like anything I saw. I'm going with <laughs> Buffalo. You know, when I was looking at this game, I did have to play uh, a weatherman, meteorologist. Mm, and mm-hmm. I looked at the temperature. Josina is right. It's going to yeah. be uh, nine degrees. The yeah, low, don't rub it in, guys. Don't the rub low, it in. The lowest three. But then I had to look at the wind, too. Now, the wind played a factor last mm-hmm. game. There was 55 mm-hmm. miles per hour winds. The wind's only going to be 10 degrees. So that means Josh Allen's going to be able to throw. And Mac Jones is going to have to throw more than three times. I have the Buffalo Bills winning because the weather is going to be cold. But it's not going to be too cold to throw the football. Buffalo Bills are going to win. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Uh meteorologist like assessment there um <laughs> let's moonlight re- one. gotta you. check the weather gotta check the weather <laughs> e and moonlight is other things okay oh, so wow whoa what well he just i just hold on he just what? said the, Who? <laughs> the wind is going to be 10 degrees it's either wind chill is going to take it to 10 degrees or the wind is going to be something miles per hour. Oh, so man. Uh, sorry. Right, so sorry. Uh, meteorology job. The wind chill factor is going to be 10. I think that's – yeah, I said it right, correct? Mm-hmm. What, what else okay, do you moonlight as, Tyler? Um, Don't answer that. Josina, next question. Josina, next question. Next question. Next, next pick. Next pick, please. All right. So we're moving along to the Steelers – uh, or excuse me, we're moving along to the Eagles at the Buccaneers. Very interesting game. Um, you know, there's been so much going on in Tampa with, uh, you know, everything going on post-AB. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and on the other side, you have the Philadelphia Eagles led by Nick Sirianni, who did do a lot of quieting of his critics um, by helping to lead this team into the playoffs. Um, on the backside of uh, the running game and the and Jalen Hurts and, and and things like that. So who uh, do you all have winning this game? Yeah, Justina, you mentioned the Eagles and their rise in Nick Sirianni's first year to make the playoffs is a really, really huge accomplishment. Um, no matter what your record is, no matter how you got into the mix. Um, and, and I think for Tampa Bay's sake, I think it's really surprising to me that they still came out with the number two seed after losing Chris Godwin for the year after having a hiccup with Mike Evans and uh, losing Leonard Fournette for the end of the regular season. And of course the Antonio Brown drama that's kind of helped, you know, harpen them in the last couple of weeks. I think this playoff, this matchup is the most beneficial for the Bucks because they're gonna, not going to have Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. You know, it's the one need they win to advance to the next round. Um, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay in this game, but I'm not sure how much longer Tampa Bay is going to have in the playoff uh, without Chris Godwin and AB there for Tom Brady. Well, speaking of Antonio Brown, I did just see a picture with him, uh, with him with uh, Kanye West. So I wonder what that conversation uh, was like. I, I don't even, I don't even want to know. <laughs> Anyways, wh- why would I pick the Philadelphia Eagles in this matchup? They have no chance. They had, they did play the Bucks tough earlier in the season, but come on, the Eagles, really? You expect me to pick the Philadelphia Eagles in this? No. I'm picking mm-hmm. Tom Brady, defending Super Bowl champion. This is the easiest pick of the week, other than the Chiefs and Steelers. Well, I would say that last week I said to you all about the, the Colts and the Jaguars game. Remember we were talking about that? Oh, They had Carson wins, though. <laughs> Come on now. 
Carson wins. Tom Brady. When I looked at that matchup, that it just <laughs> set up to be exactly what I thought was going to happen there. This, that's all I have to say right mm. there. And and look and look and look at the situation. And I think that I think that the Colts really, you know, may have to take a hard look at moving on. And I don't say this from a um, from a skill standpoint. I say this because. Um, I just think that Carson has a lot of um, mental ghosts that are going to just be very over. They're just very difficult to overcome. Hard and, look. And they just, should. <laughs> he was the reason huh? why they lost the game. They should they will. move up. He, they will. I mean, two, I mean, two you know, costly turnovers that fumble that inter that interception. I don't know who he was trying to throw the ball to. But <laughs> come on, it's he, tough. It's reason. just tough. I mean, he, ha- he has a lot of um, things that happen that are just you know unfortunate and. You know, and but that is life, and it takes such a strong mind to be able to, you know, blank slate yourself and and not you know revert, and um, you know the timing of him and the the unvaccinated decision to really impact him the week that it did, um, and was lucky to even be able to come back because of the adjustment in the rules, and then that last game it was just like almost the worse the competitor actually it was the inverse the more pressure (laughs) it seemed Mm -hmm. like it put on him because it was like he had there was like no built there was no built-in excuse and it's just something that going back to his time in philadelphia you know you just feel like you have you know just noticed so it's unfortunate but um you know it's difficult and and not and not just it's not it's not a carson Wentz thing i just think in general Anybody who has had those series of things happen, it would be hard for them to overcome. He has never been the same since he tore his ACL in that Rams game when he was a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. And then Nick Foles rallied that team to the Super Bowl. That moment when he tore his ACL, I think it was at the Coliseum versus Mm -hmm. the Rams. He hadn't been the same since that moment. Hey, look on the bright side, Indianapolis. At least you got the playoff game. With Georgia and Alabama Monday night. Mm-hmm. You still got a playoff game. You said what? At least Indy got a playoff game with Georgia and Alabama. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't even think this is a hot take. I'm pretty sure Andrew Luck right now with no practice would have been a, a better match and it would have performed better in that setting <laughs> than Carson wins. I don't even think Andrew, that's a hot take. With no Andrew, practice, not at all. I think – if you just thrown him in, play Carson wins, sit. It would be they would have had a better chance. Andrew Luck looks like he's so happy putting on his dad jeans every day, man. Oh my god, he looks so happy in his new life. Good Moving on to the 49ers at the Cowboys. Uh, 49ers, another team that we were just taking a look at, did a heck of a job coming back in the second half of that game. Kudos to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, despite all the things that were said about him coming into that game. Uh, mentally uh, rising above all of that. And, you know, when their team had to have it in the final uh, series, you know, being able to go uh, to uh, Jennings and get those last couple touchdowns to tie it 17 all and 24 all. Um, and and also I think just kudos to the, uh, the rookie, you know, cornerback, Ambry Thomas, who, um, has fought his way into this uh, starting lineup, and they made a very risky decision taking Josh Norman out of there and starting uh, Mosley, who was activated, and Ambry. So for him to come up with the game-winning 
interception that would have had the Saints in the playoffs if they had not, you know, had that game, uh, that that play, as I mentioned before. Um, but good for him. Uh, I digress. You know, going on to the Cowboys, who um, you know have done a good job getting themselves in this in this position. Uh, the defense deserves a lot, a lot of credit. Uh, Dak Prescott, um, you know, has for the most part continued his ascension this season. So this is a big one, and at least for Dallas, it's in Dallas. So. Who do you guys have for this one? Tough, sneaky tough game good game. This sneaky is, good game. This is going to be a sneaky good game. I'm not sure how healthy Jimmy Garoppolo is. Um, and that alone is enough for me to pick the Cowboys. Um, I think Dallas's offense is way too good. I think San Fran has snuck around, you know, kept around. I think they're better than their record, yes. Um, even better than 10 and 7, yeah. But I think I think the Cowboys are just too good. I like them at home. Cowboys. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go no, ahead, Josina. No, I was just thinking. Um, Josina about to make a pick for the first time. This oh, show, no, right? no, no, no. I was just, <laughs> I was just looking at, you know, what I saw, and, you know, J- at the end of the day, Jimmy still has the, he has the mental memories of having been to the Super Bowl. You know, that's something that he can call on. That's not something that Dak has. <laughs> and mm. when when things start going against you. You know, that's human nature to have fatalistic thoughts. (laughs) It is. It's just human nature to have fatalistic thoughts. And if they start experiencing some adversity, that is the team, that is the coach that can lean on having been in that situation before. So if, you know, the Dallas Cowboys don't have a lot of things going their way early and in the substantively, um, you know, good amount into the game. It could be very interesting to watch what happens. Yeah, I do like Jimmy Garoppolo's poise and his heart, and that was fully on display when they were down 17 points and rallied back against the Rams at SoFi Stadium to keep their playoff uh, hopes alive and to get in the playoffs. But when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, they have the number one offense in the NFL. They're explosive. You got Micah Parsons coming back, that 13 sacks, digs 11 interceptions if the cowboys play up to their potential they are the better team Mm -hmm. but that's a big if Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's always a big if Mm -hmm. for dallas especially Mm -hmm. in the postseason Mm -hmm. i think because they're at home they got the home crowd behind them support i have them winning but i would not be surprised if the 49ers won this game i almost picked the 49ers but i really do think the cowboys are gonna win Yeah, very interesting. What what happens on what looks like on paper versus, you know, who are who's the best under pressure? Yep, this is and another. That, you got to be mentally strong. This is another one of those games. The Cowboys, they're always an accident waiting to happen in the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> that accident, but see if they don't make an accident this uh, game next week, that'll be their time. <laughs> they're not <laughs> they're gonna make next an accident. Be their time. next week will be their time they're gonna make an accident one of these weeks a costly game losing accident it's gonna be one of these weeks Trust they're gonna me. make an accident it makes it seem like they're gonna soil themselves in front of everybody oh uh, yes that's actually. what the cowboys do they might, yeah. so we have the steelers at the chiefs um steelers had uh you know just amazingly are in this position um and had some things you know fall their way that they needed to have happen in order to also be in this position. But nonetheless, they are here uh, at the Chiefs. I'm not even sure that I should be asking. 
you know, who are y'all are picking, but nonetheless, we are here. <laughs> Josina, do not blame you. Josina, do not blame you. Didn't we see this Sunday night game a couple weeks ago where the Steelers just completely scored nothing, I think, against the Chiefs? Um, look, Big Ben, the, the, the ability for the Steelers to rally the last two weeks, um, and shout out to the Raiders for beating the Chargers, for helping the Steelers backdoor into the playoffs, but uh, look, uh, they're they're going into the matchup. You do not want to. I'm see. gonna pick the Chiefs again. You're going the Steelers. Pittsburgh are going into the one place you do not want to be. Kansas City going up against Patrick Mahomes is the one quarterback you don't want to see. I'm um, still. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs again, just like Tyler. Hey, how do you know who I'm gonna pick? Oh, you're gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs again. I mean, because on, we because we know because we man. know Tyler. The, the, you know Tyler. The Steelers don't lost even give us. The Steelers play it again, lost Kansas City. 36 to I'm 10. Pick the again. 36 to 10. I, I do, I will say this. At least this will give everybody one final chance to watch Ben Roethlisberger play. We all know this is his last game, so this is his swan song. Go out. He ain't going to go out in style, but, you know, give him, you know, one of them pity claps, the the, the goodbyes. <laughs> give him a nice little wave goodbye on his way. going to blow out. The Pittsburgh Steelers not even gonna be close. Thirty-six to ten last time. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs again. I'm gonna pick again. the Chiefs again. Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger, see you in Ken. You had a great career, Hall of Fame career. Not it's not gonna be a rock. Yeah. The- wow. Okay, so we're moving on to the last game: Cardinals mm. at the Rams. Mm. Uh, this is the game that I will be attending. I think it'll oh. be very interesting to. Um, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Wait, why are you going in my neck of the woods? What? <laughs> I think that this is a, a very, very uh, interesting game. Uh, I think out of all of the aspects that I'm waiting to see, it, it, it pretty much is. I just want to see how Matthew Stafford is going to perform in this situation. Mm-hmm. That's just really what I want to see. I mean, it, this is this is it, Matt. Like, this is it. This is it. Like, this is it. And that defense that regressed to how it played um, when it faced San Francisco the first time playing like that in the second half of this past game this week. And Mm -hmm. Odell not even able to move in the locker room. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, we'll just wait to see how this goes. And especially with all the confidence that the Cardinals expressed going into the game against the Cowboys as far as how they play on the road, the confidence that they have when they're away from Arizona is just um, it's just a recipe for uh, whatever, you know. A recipe so, for disaster. For, so we'll, we we for we the will Rams. see. Wow. And but you know, and I think what was also interesting too is I mean I seen Sean McVay walk out of that locker room and he was so pissed. I mean he was so tight faced pissed. Les mm-hmm. was pissed. He was pissed. Like. Les could barely say anything. Sean just walked by everybody. Wow. <laughs> the game the game you don't want to have before the postseason, right? Uh, look, I think this is the most suspect matchup because you got the two most suspect teams here. Like Justina <laughs> mentioned, uh, the Rams behind Matt Stafford definitely don't inspire as much confidence, although you have such a loaded roster if you're the Rams. And the Cardinals, they lost three straight at one point. They hate playing at home. They've lost more games at home uh, than they have all year. They win every game on the road. Um, but I don't think, I do not think the Cardinals have enough to kind of keep pace with uh, with the Rams here. I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take Cooper Cup. I'm going to take Matthew Stafford doing enough. And uh, I'm going to take a Cliff Kingsbury mistake on the road. 
Um, and I'm going to pick the Rams. And Tyler, before you pick, I will say that Sean McVay, I feel like he has to, you know, just do, he has to do something to address having, you know, such long stretches where people are not, you know, getting the ball, you know, or, 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 or even I would say that about Cooper. I was just, I don't know. I don't know what was going on about that offensive plan. I just, I don't know. Well, you two are both right. The Cardinals, they've only lost one road game and that was to the Detroit Lions. So they obviously like playing on the road. They already beat the Rams uh, at SoFi Stadium earlier in the season. But the Rams, they're going forward. I will be at this game as well. Mm. Oh, nice. And it's just... The, oh, you're about to get Rams, Oscars no, around me? The Rams know that it's Super Bowl or bust this season. They're going for it. That's why they traded for Matthew Stafford. That's why they got Von Miller. The Rams are going to win this game. It's going to be a pressure game, though. Like, like we said earlier, this game, all just... the pressure on both franchises... All the bright lights are going to be on how Matthew Stafford performs. Mm-hmm. We know what Aaron Donald's going to do. I think there's do. way more pressure on the Rams than there is on the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, of course. The Cardinals are playing with house money. They're playing with house money. They're the underdog team. They're on the road. They're playing with house money. They're without arguably their best player, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. The Rams, you got all these guys to win a Super Bowl and to play at SoFi Stadium in February. That's why you acquired all these guys, yeah. Von Miller, Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. We already know what Aaron Donald's going to do. We know what Jalen Ramsey's going to do. They're going to be ready. But that offense, we don't know, <laughs> especially Matthew well, Stafford. It's, or just the run defense. You know, I just, I'm just so – I don't know. I just don't mm-hmm. get it. I just, all I heard is y'all going to be at the same game. So y'all going to Roscoe's. We're going to have some steak meals that Tyler's paying for, Joe oh, Cena. No, you, you lost even going outside? season picks. So you owe Joe Cena Roscoe's. Oh, is that what it is? Well, no, you live in Miami, so you over Prime Run 12. Man, that's good. Josine ain't coming down here, and I ain't going to see her anywhere else. So I'm going to save some money. We'll be good. Not Let's right go. now. Not right <laughs> we now. need to send Josina to Buffalo. Or, like, you yeah. need that she nine close, degree. She close I have to done it. my fair share of icicle yeah. games over my career mm-hmm. where they, I have been sent to games just so people can make fun of me because they no, know you, how much you should, I cannot you, stand. We, gotta, we need to, you know, talk cold. to the higher ups to send you to Buffalo so Mm-mm. you can wear that mink coat. Get your mask, your mask, and your goggles. Well, that I do. That I do have. That I do have. I do have the goggles. Um, okay, so you all mm-hmm. made your picks for this. Um, there you go. So we're going to uh, transition into the postseason picks as far as who you're picking in uh, each of the respective conferences, um, who are your Super Bowl picks, and then who your uh, dark horse picks. And if you all would do this in rapid succession, I think that would be appreciated. Yes, I would appreciate it as well, Josina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, dark horse-wise, I think my dark horse, Tyler, might surprise you. Uh, dark horse, is it a dark horse to win it all, Producer Emily? Is that what you wanted here? No, I want Dark Horse to make it to the conference final. I don't expect an underdog to, to win it all. Oh, okay. My Dark Horse to make it to the conference finals are the Cincinnati Bengals, Tyler. Mm. And the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. I, 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 do, I do like your pick. Um, those, are, those are my Dark Horses. Who you got? My Dark Horse... Would the Dallas Cowboys be considered a dark horse? 
I think they're all dark. I don't know. They're num- yeah. they're number three seed. I already said they're an accident waiting to happen, but we, mm-hmm. their talent is undeniable. So I have the Dallas Cowboys as my dark horse, even though they're number three seed. My dark horse in the NFC and the AFC. I do like your Bengals pick, so I can't. I'm not going to pick the same one as you since we had the same picks. You going to pick the Patriots? <sighs> I'm not going to pick the Patriots either. That'd be Man. the darkest of the horses, I think. Outside of the Raiders, I, I will say I, I will I will say the Raiders since the they, Raiders, since, yeah, the Raiders since riding a, hot, a really feel good story if they made it to the AFC. We need to take this, clip it, and send it to Cincinnati. See how you get welcome back there. So. I uh, my, didn't pick Cincinnati because of you. My okay, AFC, so my going AFC on your prediction, conference. yeah, mm-hmm. my AFC prediction. I'm gonna have, uh, it, you know what? I think it's gonna. I think Chiefs, Bengals, and the second round is gonna be great, but. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to beat the Titans, and I think the uh, ooh, this one's tough. I think the um, let me see, let me pull this up. Sorry, I think the Chiefs beat the Titans, and I think the uh, I think the Buccaneers still pull it out. I think the Buccaneers pull it out against the uh, the Rams. Excuse me, the Packers, the Packers, Packers, Packers. I think the Bucks pull it off, pull it off against the Packers. Interesting. Um. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. <laughs> Since you did that, I'm going to go with the NFC first. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this time losing at Lambeau Field. I can see that. Versus the Packers. And the Packers going on to play in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> and then y'all know. Y'all already know. Producer Emily. I'm going to pick the Chiefs it. again. I have the Chiefs going to Tennessee and beating the Titans, mm. going to the Super Bowl. And this will actually be a rematch of Super Bowl One, the very first Super Bowl. I have the Chiefs. Already, You already know. Raising that Lombardi trophy. I've been saying this since Chiefs week again. one. <laughs> Chiefs over the, the Packers. I'm going to take uh, Chiefs over the uh, Chiefs over the Bucks. I'm taking Chiefs over the Bucks. I think if there's any team making that's that could beat the, the Chiefs, it would be the Packers. Um, but I don't know if Green Bay has enough firepower offensively outside of Devontae Adams. All you need is Devontae Adams, apparently. That's, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers says he's going to go throw there. <laughs> Teams are trying to cover him, and Devontae Adams mm-hmm. still catches the <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks so much again for listening to another episode of It's a Football Podcast with myself, Safadine. Tyler Dragon and Josina Anderson. Um, if you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and in your Google Play. At the end of the day, we all want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports Plus. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder.